I think one of the biggest challenges and potentially the biggest blessings in marriage is conflict. And maybe that sounds funny to say. Interesting. Yeah. But we are definitely sanctified and brought through the fire, right? When we are having conflict with our spouse, there's there's sin nature in us. There's things that the Lord is trying to draw out of us. And often that happens through conflict, which makes it a blessing. But if we can't communicate clearly, we can't communicate in a godly way to one another through conflict, we're only going to do more mm. damage than good. So we're going to talk about five conflict tactics, and we're going to do that on the other side. Selena Frederick, I love you just so much. You okay. articulated that so well. Uh, yeah, the five communication <laughs> conflict tactics, conflict tactics. We're talking about those today, but why are we talking about those today? Because it's a huge day. It is book release day! Because we belong <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, we have to... The, Every time. Yeah. Every it, time we release a book. If you know, you know, so... If you know, you know. You know, I'm not going to explain the joke. But it's awesome. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> it's a big fat one. That yeah, it's a big should. day. We like to celebrate and not, not all celebrations uh, warrant Kelly Clarkson, but this one does. <laughs> okay. So here's the books. If you haven't seen these or heard of these, How a Husband Speaks, How a Wife Speaks. Uh, and if you're watching, you can see that there's a, there's a unified soundbar graphic across the two. Selena, what is that? This is your chance to shine. What is it? I already shined today, but, um... <laughs> Anyways, it is, is it first John nope. one, John one. <laughs> yep. I can't there remember which one is one is John one being spoken. Uh, and that is the, the wave. It's the, the Greek. What's the, the Greeks in the Greek? Sorry. It's the sound waves from the Greek. Yeah. Uh, what, what does it say? What does it say in the Greek? Uh, it says, just give me a second. Uh, no, no, NRK, ain't halagos. Yeah. Kai halagos and prosanthean. Yeah. There it, there it is. There it is. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Oh wait. And prosanthean, kaitheos, ain't halagos. Yeah. So <laughs> the whole point of that is the, it, the word is how God is communicated to us. He's given us his general revelation in the word of creation. In other words, the whole the entirety of creation, when he spoke, he created, and we can see the fingerprints of God mm -hmm. throughout creation. I just love it. But we wouldn't have God's, God's decree unless he then gave us his inscripturate word. Mm -hmm. And then as we see in the person of Christ, the incarnate word that is Christ, and that's yeah. what John 1 is talking about in the beginning was the word. So that's why we, we we said that, because these books are all about the words that we speak as husband and wife. Based on yeah. the word of God. Amen. And so we've taken a very, um, I think, heart oriented approach with these book ap approach with these books in that we're not going extremely. Pra it is practical, but we don't get into like the classic conversations around communication. So in order to cover those bases, we created this resource. This is free with anytime you um, it's called a primer on marital communication styles and conflict tactics. That's what we're talking about today. We talked about communication styles last week. Yeah. Today, we're covering the second piece, which is conflict tactics. And this graphic um, it ships with the books, like I said, but it just has a primer because we don't want to leave you without these, these kind of like baseline sort of understandings of communication dynamics. Um, and so we're going to talk through that today. Before we do that, if you don't know who we are, uh, Sunny's here. She's talking as well. If you don't know who we are, I'm Ryan. This is my lovely, lovely wife, Selena. Ooh, so sweet. And uh, we are the Fierce Family on YouTube and or Fierce Marriage podcast on Tuesdays, Fierce Parenting podcast. 
that goes out on Thursdays. And uh, yeah, we do this. We spend our lives just encouraging couples to live marriage, live the family life in light of the full counsel of God, mm-hmm. in light of the gospel. So that's it. That's my intro. Oh, I want to say thank you to a new patron this last week. Her name is Kayla. Welcome, Kayla. Thank you for joining Hello. the the army of fierce proprietors, yes. the elite, <laughs> the special forces who are holding the line for family uh, flourishing, family orthodoxy in so our good. insane culture. Mm. So uh, five communication tactics. Now, these are going to be standard tactics, uh, and it has to do with actually, I can use a, I can use a thing now because I have it in print. <laughs> Again, last week we talked about there being an X, Y axis. You have the flexibility axis on, on the this side, on the X axis. Well, we and were talking sensitivity. about We were talking about communication styles last yes. week. And so, there, yes, there was a graph on the X axis across flexibility and then on the Y axis up and down yeah. sensitivity. So the more flexible you are, well, it depends on what kind of communicator you are. Yeah, you have to go back and, and watch that video yeah. or listen to that episode. Uh, but this similarly has an X, Y axis. And here it is on the Y you've got emphasis on outcome, meaning that you care, you emphasize what happens as a result of this conflict Yeah. versus the, the X axis, which is emphasis on relationship. I mean, what do you weigh and how, how what do you weigh most and to what extent do you weigh during conflict. that thing during conflict? Yeah. For example, if you really emphasize relationship, meaning like the, the thing that matters the most to you is just, I just want peace then you're going to avoid conflict. Whereas if you have a low emphasis on the relationship and you have a high emphasis on being right, then you're going to be competitive in that conflict and you're going to want to be right at the expense of the relationship. Yes. So we'll talk through this here. Let's start with the first one. And we'll start with this big statement. How a couple handles conflict is a combination of their individual emphases on relationship and outcome. Ultimate outcomes are a function of which tactics both spouses deploy. So how the, how the conflict unfolds mm-hmm. is going to be a function of what tactics I use and what tactics you use. Are and- some of those related to your communication style as well? Is that why if I'm more of a feeler, I wonder if it correlates to how accommodating I will be to the relationship instead of, you know, I, I, that's a good question. Um, I'm sure that the, the underlying personality traits inform will some inform of that. us. Yeah. Like if you, but also our fallenness and level of sanctification <laughs> right. and like where you're at and the actual conflict and what's at stake yeah. could really change the d- dynamics of the conflict. I would say that there's a correlation, but maybe not yeah. a strong line, a strong direct. Yeah. Line to draw. Yeah. Cause conflicts can be varying. Like if it's just like, you know, I'm upset because you got toothpaste all over the sink, right? That's a different type of conflict versus I'm upset because there's been a betrayal right. of trust, right. you know, so it's going to be handled differently. Right. It's going to, it's probably going to uh, stir up some different tactics inside of you. Yeah. So as we go through this, listener, here's what we'd like you to consider. What is your go-to conflict tactic? As we're going through these, try to think objectively about yourself as well as you can and ask yourself why. Why is that your go-to conflict mm-hmm. tactic? The next thing I want you to consider is which emphasis can you increase? In other words, can you increase your emphasis on outcome or can you increase your emphasis on relationship? Because there's an optimal solution here. And it's when both are high on both, meaning like we're, we're both wanting the right outcome. We're also both wanting to sustain the relationship through this conflict. If we can do that, then we can have the highest, the win-win-win. Win-win-win. I win by win. mediating win. <laughs> a successful agreement. Yes. So let's start with the first one compete. So uh, I'll put the graphic up so you can kind of see them all in their various places on the X, Y axis. And we can describe them too. So on the axis, the compete one is 
like you talked about, it's the emphasis is on the outcome. So you are probably wanting to win. I'll say a high emphasis on outcome, high emphasis, low emphasis yes. on relationship. relationship. Yeah. Um, so you're going to win at any cost, even if it hurts your spouse in the process. And I think, honestly, I do think spouses, I don't think they intentionally mean to do this. I do think we have to recognize mm-hmm. that, oh gosh, there's a competitive drive in me that doesn't want to admit when I'm wrong or be wrong. Mm-hmm. Even if I, if I'm right though, I, I can't always shove it in their face. Right. And, and be like, I win, I'm right. You're wrong. Like that's not going to be a healthy tactic to deploy during conflict. Wanna- so that's the first one. First yeah. tactic, compete. Are you a competitor with your spouse? Or, or are you something else? The second one we'll talk about is avoid Mm. conflict tactic number two. So this, this is where low on both. So you're low on emphasis on outcome. You're also low on emphasis on relationship. So you would prefer if you're an avoider to sweep it under the rug, you'd rather do that than deal with it. Well, and I think we call these peacekeepers, not peacemakers. We've done some episodes on that where we just try to keep the peace. We're not, we don't actually deal with the conflict. We just sort of, like you said, sweep it under the rug or address it. We just don't want to, we don't want to shake up the dynamics. We're just trying to keep the peace. But it's funny because the one thing that will bring peace is often diving into the conflict, figuring out, not being afraid to get rid of the peace for a moment. Cause what you have really isn't peace right at that point. Yeah. And this is the most passive stance you can take. And if this is you, I would encourage you to think introspectively, meaning that you're actually showing very little regard for your relationship. If you're not willing to deal with this stuff, you're showing very little regard for just the quality of life that you're building with your spouse. If you're, if your default is to avoid Mm -hmm. talking about stuff. And so are you an avoider? And when a conflict arises now, if you are an avoider, the questions to ask are, okay, how can I best love my spouse, that's right. the first one, right. in the middle of this conflict. And how can I be a good steward of our marriage in the middle of this conflict? Yeah. And why do I avoid it? I mean, you know, I, we talked about that. Why Why would you be this person? I think it's sometimes you can look at your family of origin. You can look at, you know, your, mm. your communication style and like what you hold close. But yeah. yeah, why do I why do I want to avoid things? Why am I afraid or why do I just get frustrated and blow it off because I don't want to deal with it? I you think because on some level, you would rather avoid a conflict at all costs because right. you just you dislike conflict that right. much. Right. And it's, I think we it's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to help us recognize mm. that in us. Right. Yeah. And lead us. And we're called, we're called in some sense to holy conflict. In other words, we're called to repent of our sin. We're called to call others to repentance when sin is present. Yeah. Um, especially within marriage, like, and do, to do so lovingly with not a heart of self-righteousness, but a heart of caring yeah. truly for somebody. Okay. So number one, conflict, com- competitiveness or compete. Number two, avoidance. Number three, accommodation, hmm. accommodation. So this is on the axis. Again, looking at the grid. High on relationship, very low on outcome. Someone who tends to be accommodating puts a low emphasis on the outcome and a high emphasis on relationship. It's kind of in the peacekeeping side. Right. But it's 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 peacekeeping for different reasons. Right. Whereas one wants to keep the peace by avoiding the conflict altogether because conflict is the enemy. Whereas the accommodator, they're afraid of losing closeness with their spouse. So right. they'll give ground where they right. maybe shouldn't give ground. Yes. Meaning that uh, they de-emphasize outcome for relational peace. Now, this can be in a positive way. It could be a way to serve one another, but it also can lead to one spouse being a doormat. Right. It's a sin, I would say, of passivity. Meaning that yeah. uh, when the judgment was brought down in Genesis 3, the order was distorted. 
And God said, the wife's desire will be for her husband and he will rule over her. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in light of that, she could be a helper in the God ordained way that is supportive and has a backbone and is speaking up when it's speaking up is necessary in a godly loving way. Right. Or she can undermine in an aggressive way, right. undermine authority, or she can undermine in a passive way. In right. other words, just be a doormat. You're not, you're relegating your role. Right. Now that's on the, the wife's side. Husbands can also be overly accommodating in this right. sense. Right. Where they're relegating the responsibility to lead with conviction, with backbone. Mm-hmm. And instead they just want their wife to basically just, just be okay right. at whatever cost. Yeah. And, and be okay is in quote fingers because it's like, well, are you really okay if you're being allowed to be dysfunctional. Right. In, in a, right. It's not really, you don't really care about the relationship as much as you probably say you do. Right. Okay. So those are all the negative ones. <laughs> um, and now we're going to get into two more positive ones. Just as a recap, number one tactic is compete. Number two is avoid. Number three is accommodate. Now, number four, compromise. Compromise. Yep. What's this one? So I guess the plus is that it's a reasonable middle ground um, reached by both parties. So both spouses giving something up, uh, it can lead to, and I think this is probably the the negative side, um, like a tit for tat negotiations, like, well, if you do this then I'll do that, or if, if you right. give me this girl's weekend, I'll give you the guy's weekend. And you know, it's better than a low, better than low emphasis tactics, but it's not, it's still not the ideal. Yeah. So you're emphasizing in a middle you're compromising a, to get in, what you want basically. Right. Right. Yeah. When you're, you're emphasizing in a medium way, <laughs> Like you care a little bit about outcome. You also yeah. care a little bit about relationship, not a little bit, but yeah. you, you don't care. It's not foremost. It's also not in the background. Right. It's both. They're kind of like, you're figuring out how to both get what you want. Yeah. Cause you both care about outcome. You both care about your relationship. Now this is better than the other three that we just mentioned. Right. But yeah, like, like you just said, it can lead to <coughs> scorekeeping. Right. You know what? Meaning you. I let you have this. Now you owe me. Right. 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 I compromised there. Yeah. And you compromise a little bit, but I compromise more. So now uh, you owe me. You can see where this can get very uh, messy and it right. won't actually result in the uh, the outcome that you're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, out here. I mean, it's- you might get a piece of it and I, I think you might even get it, but you might get it at what cost, right? Because so, it's not the best. Yeah. I want, I want I, to use an example. There you go. So say I want to go see a movie with a friend. Right. It's guys night, movie night, whatever. That means that you're at home with the kids and that I'm also not there, which is, you know, we're not having a family night. You're also holding down the fort, which is extra work for you. And we love our kids and we love parenting our kids as a team. But if we're using the compromise tactic, I'll say, all right, so I really want to go do this. And I remember you saying you wanted to go do the other thing on Saturday. Yeah. So I'll do this and you can do that. Right. Now, it doesn't seem very, it seems harmless, I think. It seems harmless, right? Oh, well, everybody kind of gets what they want. But what it's, again, the heart orientation. It's questioning the motive of and what kind of patterns are you beginning to instill into the, how you communicate to one another yeah, and, and how you go through conflict. Right, right. And You get what you want. I get what I want. And everybody's happy. Well, becomes, not really. <laughs> it becomes a negotiation. Everything becomes a negotiation. Yeah. And yeah, yeah negotiations and contracts tend to go really well together. Mm-hmm. And if so, if your marriage is more on the contract side, as opposed to the covenantal side, right. then you might, you might be thinking in these terms. The problem is, and this is, I think the biggest problem is this gets us thinking in terms that have to do with how well my spouse helps me get what I want mm-hmm. and how well this relationship actually benefits me. Right. In other words, you're just creeping into the selfishness, creeping out of the sacrificial love and creeping into the mm-hmm. selfishness, which is not love at all. Right. And Sorry, say, what were you going to say? Well, 
I was going to say, say you're not willing to compromise. Now, if I'm used to compromise and I'm used to that being the way that we solve conflict. Okay. So I have, I have two choices now. <laughs> I have to either compete with you or I have to accommodate you. Yeah. So I have not built skills that have to do with, I think, covenantal love, meaning right. that I'm not learning to give sacrificially to right. you. I'm learning, to, I'm learning to give to you in so exchange. So I can get. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to think compromise is generally a bad me. thing. Like yeah. It, it's because, incomplete. Yeah. Now, again, it, it has to do with the nature of the conflict. Yeah. So want to go to the fifth one? Sure. Okay. Fifth one, collaborate. Now this is the win-win-win. <laughs> scenario. Yeah. I'm sorry. I guess I'm trying to think of the difference. Like when you were talking about the movie example, like it depends on what it is. Like if you were like, you know, we're going to have guys night, we're going to do Bible study. We're going to have sit by the campfire. We're going to talk about, you know, some godly things and we're going to check in with one another. I'm like, yes, I will hold down the fort as long as it needs to be held down because this is ministry. This is eternal work. When it comes to hobbies and having fun, which are also important, it's kind of, and I think this is where the collaborative part comes in because you do have to collaborate with your spouse because I, so quickly I can see my own heart sliding into the tit for tat, the competitiveness, mm. the avoidance, like everything that I, I want to accommodate, but I'm going to have to compromise. But why do I have to compromise? I, he should compromise. Like <laughs> it just, you can see how the snowball effect mm. begins unless you have this optimal posture of collaboration within your marriage. So what is that? Talk to me. Well, I'll, I'll use uh, another example, say, um, the, the economies of the home, right? So food, dishes, laundry, the house, that's a source of conflict for a lot of couples because yeah. there's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of needed, um, effort there. There's yeah. a, there's a, usually a scarcity any. of resources, pretty, yeah. time yeah. and energy. Yeah. And, um, it's usually it, it elevates the tension in the household if there's chaos in the household in terms of just things needing to get done that aren't done. And so how would you have a collaborative approach in that sense of conflict? So if I'm being competitive as a husband, whatever our thing is, <laughs> whatever scoring. our agreement is, I'm yeah. going to hold fast to that agreement. And I'm not going to have any regard for what emotionally my wife is going through, what relationally it effect it has on us. I'm going to say, We've talked about this. Yeah. You said and you were going to do this. You said you were going to do this and you didn't do this. And you can say the same for me in terms of the work that I bring to the household and the things that I do. You yeah. said you would fix that, that doorknob. You said you would, <laughs> you would do X, Y, or Z. You haven't done it. You could. And so you can either compete and say, I'm going to win this right. and I don't care how it affects you. Right. Whether that's a chore or whatever. Now, a collaborative approach is one where we say, all right, wife. You say, okay, husband. <laughs> We can agree that this is not optimal. We can agree that it's it's maybe functioning, it's working, but it's not working in the best way it, it can it be. Could, yeah. So how can we work together <laughs> as husband and wife yeah. to accomplish the optimal outcome that we both desire? And that is a home that is filled with peace, a home that is organized and functional, and it serves our family well. It helps yeah. us fulfill our family mission more efficiently. We can you know, have people over more readily if we're not always living in chaos. How can we do that together? <laughs> and that's where you begin to collaborate and you say, yeah. okay, like last night. You, yes, you very much. I was feeling overwhelmed by just dishes and laundry in our home for when the weather is nice here, we are outside. And what happens in the house, it just, it becomes a drop point. Like you just <laughs> drop whatever you came home with and then you pack up the next bag and go to the next thing. Right. And so Summer can be really challenging, I think, in terms of order in our house because we're like, we don't want to miss the nice weather by doing chores inside. <laughs> uh, 
so last night, all that to say, you stepped up and said, I've got the kitchen, I'll clean the kitchen and I've got dinner. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, thank you. Cause it is hard. It's hard. You know, it's hard to get that done. You know, you can see she's at that stage where she doesn't really want to be put down. And so doing dishes with her can be a little more challenging, um, but not impossible. And he just really stepped up and it's helped me <sighs> love that's you funny. more. Just kidding. <laughs> well, that's funny because I felt like I won because I, <laughs> I'm like, yes, see, this is optimal. This is optimal because I'm like, I can wrap my head around it. The dishes, I mean, they were piled up. It was like three or four days worth of dishes. We had been gone. It wasn't that and We had money. a lot of stuff happen. We've had more. Okay. Well, it was, it was a lot. It took me like an hour and a half, which is long for, 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 for us. dishes. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't have to deal with all the stuff that she's doing. Like, I'm happy to take this off your plate because frankly, I cannot, I, I, Laundry does not compute for me. It's like, it's the quickest way for me to lose my soul. <laughs> You'd probably say the same thing. Well, he just, he can't deal with the doing. obscurity of some of the pieces of well, laundry. Girl I think. Clothes. They all look the same. Is that a sock? Is that a shirt? Pants? I don't know. It's an article of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine because yeah. I'm like, yes, I will happily deal with some laundry and the messes that are piling up upstairs. That would be awesome. And you are yeah. freeing me up to do this. So. Yes, there's some collaboration there. Um, you know, we're both kind of getting to do what we want. And that's not always the case. But again, that's like some sacrificial love there. So it could have been seen, I think, a bit as a compromise, but not really. You know, it's like. Well, it worked well because now I'm doing the the thing that I offered to do. Right. I know that it's blessing you. Yeah. And I now get to have the joy of serving you in that way. And also in a very tangible way that serves our household. Yeah. And it resets me being able to. Right. Okay. Now we can try to do this again and not make such a mess all the time and prioritize our home before we leave the home. You know, there's just rhythms and things that we're working through. So there you have it. Conflict tactic one, compete. Number two, avoid. Number three, accommodate. Number four, compromise. Number five, collaborate. Now, of course, with all of these, there are going to be caveats in terms of what actually you're dealing with in terms of the conflict you're actually facing. And so we would say if you're dealing with something heavy like infidelity or an addiction or some sort of bomb that's been dropped in your life, whether that's because of a moral failing or because some external factor being imposed on you, you need pastoral care. You need somebody who you need Christian relationships, somebody who's going to walk alongside you in discipleship capacity, point you to Christ, remind you of scripture, remind you of our heart orientations, be able to look at your blind spots and reveal them to you. And there's an order to healing. I think that pastors and counselors can know, they know, and they can lead you through. Yeah. So we encourage you to do that. And on that, on that uh, note, if you're not a Christian, if you don't know who Jesus is, or you've heard the name of Christ, but you don't really understand why he's so great or what he did or why people call themselves Christians, we want you to know Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. This world that we live in is not all there is to reality. We have an eternal something in us, and that has to be accounted for. And Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you don't know him, find a Christian friend, talk to them. Ask them to read scripture with you. Begin that discipleship journey mm-hmm. with them. That's where they teach you the things of God. Or find a church that teaches out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you don't have either of those things, we have a website for you. It's this, thenewsisgood.com. Uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of conflict. Even though it's sometimes hard to see the blessings in the middle of the, the fights, Lord, I pray that you'd help us have conflicts with integrity, to have high regard for each other in marriage. But it also help us to have high regard for optimizing the outcomes that we, we aren't just trying to get it over with. We're trying to steward our relationship well unto mm-hmm. your glory, unto our good, and to the good of our children. So help us as married couples to um, 
conflict well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Final reminder, books, they are officially out. You can find those. Most places where books are sold, actually, I'll say on our website, because um, we don't worry about the distribution stuff other than Amazon. You can find them there. Don't go there, though. Go to our website. You'll get a better deal, and it's faster. <laughs> I mean that. Um, uh, how a Husband Speaks, How a Wife Speaks. If you want to find those and you're listening, go to fiercemarriage.com slash speak. And we'd love you to have these books. We hope and pray that they bless you. And like I said, you'll also get this primer on communication styles and conflict tactics. They ship with every pair of books. So with that said, this episode of Fierce Marriages. And we can. We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Stay fierce.